Uh, but that last song, Magnify, O oh Lord, I was instantly transported to New Life Assembly in Petrolia. Was it shag? No, it wasn't shag, but it was orange. What color was that carpet? It was, it was orange at one point, and my snot and tears have laid on that carpet during that song as the Lord has ministered to me. And so I thank you, Pastor Tracy, for picking that one. This, um, I do not identify as a millennial. I just would like to clear that up. I am a January baby. I identify as Gen X. And so this is where all of this comes home to me. I came to faith in Jesus in the early 90s. So this is all part of my coming to know Jesus. And I would say coming to faith in Jesus is perhaps one of the best times to grow up in church. Now, you're all going to say that about your own time, but I am had the microphone. And so today, I declare that growing up in the church in the 90s was the best. And so we're not going to only talk about the 90s, but this morning, we're going to share what God has done for us in 2023. And then if we're able, we're going to tie it back into our growing up. And so I loved growing up in this time in the church. And for us in our church growing up, there was a deep emphasis on seeking the Holy Spirit. It was deeply ingrained in everything we did, in every service that we did. Uh, we were to seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We were to live hungry for the Holy Spirit. We were to rely on him to shape every single day of our life. And that focus that I grew up in, it changed me for the rest of my life. And it has lived with me. I don't remember exactly when I experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is surprising because I remember so much of those years in absolute minute detail, but I cannot for the life of me remember when that happened, and I believe that's from the Lord. There must be something about that that he, needs, that he has chosen it this way. But I do know for certain that it happened at either Brayside Camp or at uh, what you guys now call Overflow. We called just youth retreat, youth convention. We called it youth convention. And I, I feel like it was probably a Brayside, but I can't say that for sure. Um, Brayside Camp was one of my favorite weeks of the year. I had the privilege of going to youth camp as a teenager, and it just was the highlight, the pinnacle of my year. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, let me help you. Freedom in Christ Church is part of a fellowship of churches called the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. And within those fellowships, or within the fellowship, we have different districts. We are part of the Western Ontario District. In that district, we have several camps, one of them being Brayside, which is located in Paris, Ontario. We went there this summer. You've probably heard us talk about it before. There are some of you, Pastor Ethan, that would argue it is not the best camp in the district. It has no lake. I'm not going to lie to you. You have to swim in a pool, but it is the best camp in the Western Ontario district because it is where I grew my legs. And look, my children are nodding. It is the best camp. They've never been to Lake Shore and neither have I or any of the other ones. <laughs> doesn't matter. Shh, that's not important. It is the best camp for me. If you've never experienced a youth camp, I am sorry for you. I know you still love Jesus deeply, but I am sorry for you. Uh, it's a time where you get to go to services that are geared just for you. The worship sounded a lot like what it did this morning, actually, a little bit louder. Uh, there is junk food for days. There are ridiculous activities. I remember a giant food fight where ketchup went up my nose and I couldn't eat it for like two years. Uh, there are friends, old and new, and there is time away to seek the Holy Spirit. Time away from your parents and the grown-ups that make you nervous, and you just get to go and experience Jesus where you're at, at the age you're at. 
And it's in those services and in the dinosaur Sunday evening services that used to exist that I learned what it was to seek the Holy Spirit and to experience him in extraordinary ways. And I will say these weren't without growing pains and learning opportunities, but they taught me so much about what I know now about the Holy Spirit. I owe, I just, I'm going to shout out to our youth leaders. I owe so much to those dedicated youth leaders that gave up a week of sleep in uncomfortable beds with no air conditioning, sweaty teenage bodies, all of the drama that comes with hundreds of teenagers all in one place. So those of you that are serving our youth now, it hasn't changed that much. There might be a little bit more air conditioning, but thank you for investing in the lives of our youth. What was important to me is important still today. And so I... Pastor Ethan and your team, all of you, thank you. We were, I grew up at Brayside, truly, my spiritual faith grew up at Brayside. And during the pandemic, we decided to return to Brayside. We'd been here and there since I moved back to Ontario, but you couldn't go anywhere. I don't know if you remember that time. And there was no vacations to be had. And we realized that you could rent cottages at Brayside. And so we just said, let's just go for a week and let's just rent a cottage and just get away. They have a pool. It's outdoors. It's nice. And something happened. The Lord started a process in me, even back in the pandemic, of returning to something that was so important in my teenage years. I have deep nostalgia every time I set foot on those grounds because of what it did and what it still does to me today. I, it looks a little bit different. I can't stay crouched at the altar long without everything seizing up. Uh, <laughs> let's just be honest. Uh, but it's a haven for me. And this summer, this year, I felt a return to some of those things that I, I experienced as a youth. I want to seek the Holy Spirit more than anything else. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit every single day of my life. I want to be hungry for the Holy Spirit every single day of my life. I want... <laughs> the exuberance of my youth was perhaps a bit much. I'm going to be honest. But I would rather live in that bit much than not hunger for him at all. And the Lord has done a work in my heart this year to remind me of that joy and exuberance of seeking the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 tells us not to be... Uh, it tells us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that is what the Lord has done in my heart this year, to remind me to hunger for that filling. Uh, I went, whenever I talk about the Holy Spirit, I go back to Pastor Dell's course, um, Life in the Spirit. If you haven't done it yet, you absolutely should. It's excellent teaching on the Holy Spirit. And so these, these are the words that ring true to me on what this year was for me from Pastor Dell's book. Spirit-filled living is a daily choice. It requires full surrender to God and his purposes for you. You must develop a hunger and thirst to experience all that God has for you, and he will respond to you with abundance. Stay overwhelmed with your need to be filled with the Spirit to impact your world for Christ by your words and character. Learn to regularly pray the simple prayer to God. I empty myself of me. Lord, fill me up with you. And let God impact your life every day. Be filled with the Spirit. It's appropriate that it's Pastor Dell's words that come to mind because he was my pastor. If you didn't know this, he was my pastor growing up. And if I were to sum up this year for me and what I hope to continue into 24, it is aptly said, I want to stay overwhelmed with my need to be filled with the Spirit to impact my world for Christ by my words and character. I want to be led by the Spirit, like Romans 8.14 says. I want to pray by the Spirit, as, 8, 
as Romans 8.26 says. I want to live in step with the Spirit, as we're instructed in Galatians 5.25. And I want to experience the outpouring of the Holy Spirit like they did in Acts every single day. I want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to experience him. I don't know. I don't know why this year was different, but this year was different for me. It was different for me. I, I don't know what it was, but I prayed those prayers. God, I, none of me and all of you, God, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit in a fresh and new ways? And he responded in ways that I have not experienced in years. And it prepared me for things that I could not have done on my own. He opened my eyes to areas of my heart that I thought had been closed forever. He brought divine appointments from people in my past from 20 years ago that I haven't spoken to in 20 years that out of the blue remembered me. I didn't remember them. He said, I remember you. You served with me here. I'm sorry, what's your name? Okay. And then the Lord started dropping all of those things back into my heart and life, and he opened doors that I didn't know I had closed in my heart. He dropped hope in my heart when I had none this year. He reminded me that I was not forgotten when I was feeling deeply forgotten. And he reminded me that this is not the end, that there is more for me. It's been a year of asking God, what's next? God, what's next for me? What's next for me? And the answer has been more of my Holy Spirit is what's next for you, Aaron. It doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter what you do. More of your Holy Spirit will lead you into what that next is. I don't want my experience of the Holy Spirit to be something from my youth. I want it to be something in my present, everyday circumstance and situation. And that is what God has reminded me of in 2023. And it's what I want more of in 2024. Now I'm going to pass it over to Miss Margaret. I did not grow up going to Brayside, but I have learned to love Brayside as an adult. So thank you, Pastor Aaron, for Brayside. Actually, it was Pastor Aaron that told all of us that Brayside was available to rent. So my family also followed the Jameson's footsteps, and we spent a lot of time at Brayside these last couple years. Um, as we were sitting here this morning, I'm, I'm taken back to about 23 years. 20, Walt and Steph can attest to this a little bit because they were around for a bit. Literally in this room, singing these songs in our young adult group. I, the 20, 22, 23-year-old Margaret definitely is not the Margaret you see today. Um, I was going to go and work at McDonald's. I was working, climbing my way up the corporate ladder. They were grooming me to be like a big, important person at McDonald's, eventually to be working in Toronto at the head office. Um, when right here in this building, um, I felt the Lord calling me to something new. So here I am, 20, well, 20 years later, I know. I've been here for a long time. This is my church home. This is where I've been for many years. So it's very different for me to stand here today as Miss Margaret, the children's director, because 20-year-old me would never have seen myself doing this. 20-year-old 20, 20 me was like business-driven, thinking of taking like HR courses and business courses at Conestoga, because I didn't know out of high school what I wanted to do. So I worked at McDonald's and that was who I was. And that was my identity was McDonald's. And that was kind of who I became until I started coming to young adults here at Freedom. Um, I really tried to like tie more of my young adult years in and I spent hours at my computer and asking the Lord, what am I supposed to share? And he was just, this is, so what I'm sharing with you is I got the assignment, but it's more about this year, but I can look back and see what 20-year-old me was like versus now. So that's my tie-in, okay? We've all got that? Okay. <laughs> uh, so this past year has been 
I've got the Kleenex because I know I'm not going to get through this. It's been a challenging and exciting year at the same time. I've made some pretty... I can't... I've made some pretty big decisions that are going to change my life in a big way. And there's been a lot of lasts. Sorry, I'm shaking. Christmas was tough, I'm not going to lie. I was struggling to hold it together as I am now, knowing that it's probably my last Christmas here for a few years at least. Okay. I have decided to take the big step to become a global worker, and I'm going to move to Guatemala. Many of you know that. We've talked a little bit about it. It's been a big part of, of who I have been this last year. It wasn't something that I decided to do on a whim. It was a long process. It took about eight years. I, if you know me, everything takes about seven or eight years. That's how I roll. And I did not go it alone. I did not have to trust in myself because I knew that I could trust in God and the plans that he has for my life. This year, I have had to learn to lean on God and trust him in ways that I have never had to before. There's so many unknowns for me as I continue to fundraise and complete all my training so that I can take that big step and actually move to Guatemala. But the one thing that I have known the whole time is that I can trust God to be with me through the whole process. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, we actually already heard it today, has been a big verse for me this year. I have it on a sticky note. I have it highlighted in my Bible. It's been a verse that literally has come up in random places, devotionals, um, random Facebook posts. It just kind of has shown up everywhere for me this whole year. And it is trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. For me, the future still feels a bit uncertain and I have lots of details that I could spend my time worrying about, but I don't because I know that God already has a plan and I can be assured that his plan is always going to be the best one for me. I'm so thankful that God never asks us to figure it out alone on our own. He just asks us to trust, to recognize his leadership and his sovereignty in our lives. And he promises to make our pathways straight. We may not always see what's ahead, but God does. I have learned over and over this year that there's a great power in trusting him. It clears the way for my security to be blessed solely on him, not on my own circumstances or on other people. It's, or on my own way of thinking. God has been faithful to lead us, and he sees the big picture. He brings clarity and light through the foggy times and through all the worries and all the cares. He knows what's around the corner when we can't fully see it. His timing is perfect, even when we might start to feel like we are floundering or we're waiting and we don't know what's next. We have not been forgotten. No matter how, how, sorry, no matter how we feel or our current, what our current situation may be, we can be confident that God's presence will go before us, paving out our pathways, guiding and guarding our steps. And I have learned that I need to keep choosing to trust God and to let go of worry and to turn to him. Yeah, so the assignment today was to, you know, kind of relate something from growing up in the church. Uh, you don't identify. I identify as an exennial. Micro generation, uh, I like to be special. So uh, we let Pastor Ethan off the hook because he was way too young. We like to have memories <laughs> of that. He was like, but he's going to share a testimony in just a minute about what God's done in 2023. Um, I also just wanted to say that just to honor uh, Matt, because Matt did put a song in the list today and I immediately deleted it. And if you wanted it, you guys can sing it later. It was Days of Elijah and I just took it right out. Yeah, yeah, I just took it out. 
right. So if you guys want to sing it with him later, you're welcome to, okay? Uh, I just want you to know that I'm going to just share just like um, the other ladies did, but then afterwards be prepared because we're going to invite you, if you have a, a quick testimony to share about what God has done in your life in 2023 and your family or something, we'd love to hear it um, as well. When I was growing up, there were um, a, a couple of things that had a lasting impact on me that I've never forgotten. Uh, one of them was Frank Peretti's books, This Present Darkness and Piercing the Darkness. If you can, do these sound familiar? Um, they, I, I was probably a young teenager when I first read them. And the premise is that uh, Frank Peretti is, we don't know a lot about spiritual warfare in the Bible, but um, he took what we do know and kind of made it into a fictional story about what it might be like for angels and demons to be battling and how powerful the prayers of the saints are and, and kind of what the schemes of the enemy might look like. In an, in, but it was, of course, set in an everyday situation and uh, really had an impact on me in a big way. And the second one, which came up in my mind, still does all the time, is uh, Carmen. How many of you guys like listen to Carmen? Uh, I've introduced a few of you to DC Talk. Just go ahead and go back on iTunes or Spotify and listen to Carmen, okay? You're welcome. Yes, right? Carmen was a, a really, um, he's a great singer and songwriter, but he did this thing that nobody has really done except for him. He draw, he, he'd like told stories and dramatized things, and then he would explode in song at the end. Um, the exception to that. Um, I feel like we should have done, like, the champion this morning. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Do you have a skit to that one, too? Yeah, Aaron's got all the skits, actually. Um, but one of the exceptions to that was his song story, uh, A Witch's Invitation. And it was a, story, a real story, actually, about a pastor of a small church who gets invited to a warlock's home. And the warlock tells him all the things that um, he's done and all the curses he's put on people and all this kind of stuff. And uh, the pastor is super intimidated. And, and then, and then this, as the story goes, he feels the Holy Spirit come on him. And he says, oh, so, so good. I, I'm going to ruin it. Like, you have to just go watch it. But it's a little bit terrifying and also cheesy. Like it's, it's hard. It's, it, was, it was the 90s, I think, or the 80s. And, and so what happens is this... Uh, this pastor basically, as the Holy Spirit empowers him, stands up and says, you know, good for you for all these things that you think you've done, but I, wa I want to compare today is not the, 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 the works that you've done and the works that I've done. I want to compare the condition of your soul and the condition of mine. Because at the end of your life, those demons that, that you have been serving and that you think are serving you are going to call you to account. And they have... They have uh, it was, yes, I was a 13-year-old. It was very terrifying. But then he says, but, but I, I tell you, if they come for me, I'll tell you, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, well, I will say that I am bought with the blood of Jesus, so let me. And then it was like, go! And then it was like, boom! And it was like, whatever. So good, right? Where's the clip? I didn't want to scare the children. Um, and so, and so the, the whole idea is that confronted with such an evil and, and scary situation, that the Holy Spirit just came and said, like, like, here's what you need to say, and, and I've just, it's just been, it always been with me. And of course, this, uh, these things happen, these books and this, this kind of this song, slightly after the heyday of Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames, which I grew up uh, seeing many, many, many times. Uh, so needless to say, at a, from a very young age, I was taught that my angels and demons are very real. And if I was going to put a little more adult language to it, I would say that spiritual warfare is a constant reality. And I've known this for a very long time. And I distinctly remember having two very different but equal effects on me, that, 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 this reality. First, it terrified me. It 
absolutely terrified me to think about the witch's invitation and, and to think about that. I, I never, ever wanted to come into contact with that kind of evil. I didn't want to ever think about it. I didn't ever want to have to face it in my lifetime. And secondly, um, even as a, as a young teenager, I was totally inspired at the same time by the power of Jesus and to know that I was safe with him no matter what I faced in my life. And that cycle was really real. I was afraid. I was like, oh, that's terrifying. And then I remembered, I don't have to be afraid because I know Jesus and all of these things. This was a very big reality for me. As I got older, I started to realize that I likely wasn't going to get my own witch's invitation. But I did know something about the battle about uh, between spiritual forces of darkness and the kingdom of light. Because the battle really is real. And it usually is disguised, not so over, it's not quite so overt as we heard in the Carmen song, but disguises itself as sinful thoughts that become behaviors, that become habits. The spiritual battle um, is, looks like plaguing anxieties sometimes. The spiritual battle looks like insecurities or broken and frustrated relationships. In 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5, it says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So I learned all of these things about spiritual warfare growing up. But I also learned this scripture from my pastor and my dad and my mom. My pastor was my dad also, by the way. That the battle is in my mind and that battle is in my spirit. And according to Ephesians 6, that battle is not against other people. It's not against whatever I think is going on in the world. Um, but it is against the enemy, the enemy of my soul. Ephesians 6, 10 to 13 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Like, that's pretty clear. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to take your stand and after you have done everything to stand. If I ever did have a supernatural experience, like in one of those Frank Preddy books that I read, I, I realized the older I get now that I already have everything I need to be able to fight and to win whatever spiritual battle comes my way. What I need to do is to stay close to Jesus because he's the one who has absolutely everything that I need. I experienced this um, in the last year or so like never before in my life. I had some very, very deep needs. And I realized that I was totally helpless to fill those needs on my own. I had to trust God to meet me. I had to trust God to work on my behalf and not try to fix it and control it myself. I had to let him work in his time. And maybe you're better at this than me, but I am not super patient. But to trust that he was working and to trust that he had the right timing for me. I was um, blessed with some prophetic words uh, given to me in that time from a couple of people who would just kept unexpectedly, but was the right word in the right season. And all of that reminded me of the reality of the fight that I was in. It was against an enemy who wanted to destroy me. He wants to destroy everything around me. He wants to destroy our church. He wants to destroy my marriage. He wants to destroy my kids. He, all of it. He hates us. Ta-da! He hates us. That's cool. 
we win, okay? That's kind of what I learned this year. <laughs> and it maybe sounds scary if you're like, whoa, I didn't come for this. Like, this is, uh, this is kind of weird with all the spiritual warfare talk. It might sound scary to you, but I got to tell you, the more I realized the spiritual battle, the more I realized these scriptures were true, the less scary it became. It, it's not scary. It was freeing. It was freeing for me. I was released to pray like never before. I have uh, released to contend for my own life in the spirit, for my family, and for our church in a new way. Sometimes um, I, was, I could just boldly ask Jesus for something specific that I needed. Sometimes I just cried and prayed for strength for the day and bright hope for tomorrow. Sometimes, actually a lot of times, most times I prayed in tongues, that spiritual language. Talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit as Pastor Aaron was talking about earlier. Because I needed to wrestle through some things that I did not have words for. And I needed that prayer language. And Romans 8, 26 reminds us that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. When we do not know what to pray, the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. I'm so encouraged by that. So perhaps that sounds a little bit dramatic. It's not my intention. Because what I've learned this year is that there is a battle going on for our hearts and our minds. For the hearts and minds of our kids. For the hearts and minds of our spouses. The hearts and minds of our, of our extended family, of our coworkers, of our neighbors. There is a spiritual battle going on. Whether I recognize it or not, it's happening. So when I do recognize it, what I get to do is I get to engage in it. I get to realize that the victory is already won in Jesus. When I ignore it or I pretend like it's not there, I find myself weak and tired and frustrated and unable to get my thoughts and my habits in order. That when I see him and when I see the battle and I recognize the spiritual realm for what it is, I can see Jesus as the victorious one over all of that. So my encouragement to you today is as you grow in your faith, wherever you are in that journey, I want to encourage you to keep this reality in mind. It will drive you to prayer. It will give you insight into your own thoughts and emotions. It will allow you to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus. Why? Because as you are driven to your knees, as you are driven to him, as you recognize where the battle really is and you're not fighting with the person beside you or across the table or in, on the other side of the office or whoever it is, when you realize where the battle really is, mostly in your own heart and mind, you realize that Jesus is going to prove himself to you over and over and over and over again. That he will never leave you or forsake you. That's been said. He's, he will never forget you. That's why that old hymn says, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you, how I've proved you o'er and o'er. I didn't prove you. I just trusted you, and you just kept coming and doing the thing that needed to be done. So I want to encourage you today, if, if, if you've never thought about the spiritual battle for your life, for your mind, for your heart, for what's going on around you, I want to encourage you to go to some of these scriptures and say to yourself, what is it that I'm choosing not to see or I haven't understood or whatever that I need to say, I need to contend in prayer. I need to understand this better. Maybe there's another spiritual practice. Maybe there's spirit. This is such a great, I mean, we can poo-poo New Year's resolutions all we want, but that's fine. Why don't we just set a, Jan a January goal? What do you want for January in your spiritual life? 
What do you want to be different? Maybe, uh, maybe like Pastor Aaron was saying, maybe you want to invite the Holy Spirit to speak in new ways to you. Maybe you want to uh, implement a, a different kind of prayer rhythm or pattern. Maybe you've just been distant and so many things have gotten in the way and it's time for you to re-engage in your spiritual life and you need to make decisions about what that's going to look like in your morning routine or your evening routine or, or how you live your life or what you do uh, with, with, as a family or whatever it is. How, how is it that you want to engage in the spiritual life that is going on all around you? I want to encourage you to ask yourself that question.